Welcome to Biggest Geekest. We are our hosts, and uh, ta-da to you too. Never <laughs> had that. Uh, I'm Joe, and I'm Randy. This is episode 172 of our show, and the date is Tuesday, January 20, January second, 2024. Randy. Oh yes, typo. Look at that first one. Nice, messed up. And we are we are accompanied by the lovely Patrick Demo of so Pointy lovely. Hat Games and the lovely Ryan David. Hey, hey. Of nerd cognito and other places. <laughs> speakeasy, YouTube speakeasy, man, it's growing like crazy. Speakeasy, yeah. I meant to say, it did. Has anybody bothered you about the choice of your speakeasy? Because there's a there's at least one other YouTuber who calls his shindig a speakeasy. Not, I, not. I officially. didn't even look. I've never heard any complaints, mm. and I guess if. Effectively, he doesn't count. So, I mean, if I'm doing it, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I don't know. I do know that it's there not trademarked is trademarked or anything. No, no, but there is an an adult stream out of the UK that also calls itself the Speakeasy. We found that out very early, but oh. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, you know, we're not selling the goods. So. Oh. oh. <laughs> That kind of speakeasy. Yes, yes. All right. Speakeasy on the eyes. <laughs> we got quite a few folks, dude, in the chat. Looks like Mac Thompson's here and Martinson. Welcome, Flady and Arn Man. Got quite a little crowd starting. Larry Elliott, happy new year, sir. Yes, welcome to the YouTubers and uh, Rumble, if you are listening or lurking over at Rumble or Twitch. First cast of the new year. I will be horribly monitoring Rumble, so I'll do my best to bounce back and forth and see what's happening. But right, Ironcaster, what's up, buddy? Happy New Year! Good to see you. Oh man, Joe, we actually played for New Year's Day. Yeah, we did. Been meaning to have a New Year's Day or holiday game like that. Mm -hmm. This is, I think, is my first time. Oh, it, it worked out really well. Oh, Full Metal Dragon. Happy New Year, bud. Phone guy. Good to see you guys. Some names we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, the game was fun. We played Horde Wars. Um, we scheduled it for roughly seven hours. So we were there for seven hours. We probably got five hours of play in. Yeah. Because a couple of people had to make characters, which is not my favorite thing to do. But I figured with all the time, we would try it. Took a little longer than I thought. Um, well, you know. We have some people who really like to delve into all the options. Yep. And 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 pick optimal, at least at the time, optimal uh, for them. And uh, my wife was very happy with how her character played out. Oh yeah, she was pretty cool. She was like a scald. What was she a scald? Huntsman. Huntsman. Yeah. Huntswoman. Now, Patrick, you've played right. You played at Cabin Con for sure. Person. Yep. Have you played, Ryan? You played yeah. Horde Wars at all? We, uh, Bert and I ran through some test scenarios pre-release mm -hmm. for it uh, when Blackwell was on Nerd Cognito mm -hmm. uh, in the early, early days of Horde Wars. But we've not played the full game. It's just pulling the party together to get another game to the tables. Been tough, especially this holiday season. It's been a busy one for everyone, I think. Right so, on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gamed uh, probably more than a Shushu Colt. Yeah, Shushu, he's one of the scam baiters that they also like nerds, and we're 
uh, we're kind we, of associated with We fit with the them. bill. So. Yeah, we fit the bill. Sweet. <laughs> we're the best kind of nerds. Yeah. yeah. Super nerdy nerds. But yeah, I enjoyed it. What, what did you think, Joe, of the game? And what was your thoughts with the five or so hours that we played? Oh, I, I had fun. It's hard. Okay, so it's hard to separate out what you might have as misgivings for a system. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're just trying to sit down and play a game with your friends and have a good time. And we did. It was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all we all get along well at the table, and and we had a lot of fun. Now, I have um, actually we play we've played with DM Blackwall a couple of times. Twice, yeah. And I have been a bit of a whiner about a couple of. Things. Yes, you have. That's a fact. <laughs> Joe, you don't whine. <laughs> it, itsy bitsy, itsy bitsy things. Scrolls would never be that bulky. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a gamey bulkiness added yes. to certain things that we as uh long time gamers have always thought of as small inconsequential things like potion bottles and scrolls it's like i can carry a billion scrolls in my backpack i i dare you to say anything else this could be an interesting topic we have to note this for the future what about a discussion one day on baggage you carry from one game to another especially when you're in the fantasy genre Mm -hmm. if you go from second edition to third to fantasy age to 13th age to horde wars to dungeons and delvers you can not just getting confused but you bring baggage of like this was a good rule why are you doing this this is weird you know and we get a lot of that as we play like the other night our friend jeff was like "Uh, i don't see much progression for the wizard from levels one to four i mean you know there's not there's not, I know. So There's you kind of are who you are. Right, um, right, right. It's, but, so yeah. are, this isn't the same game as, hey, you find a big a big book full of spells. It's going to be awesome fun gaining levels and delving through those spells over time. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things about D&D that a wizard player would really love. But you absolutely can't really get that from Horde Wars except finding a big cache of scrolls except you're not learning them you're just using them so it's just it's just it's a different play right in their game they uh, it's designed to have very little low healing you don't have hardly any healing in the game so it doesn't make sense for them to let you carry a, a truckload of potions in your backpack yeah. especially well, since you only can use one of them at a time I was going to say you can use anyway. one potion per day you can't really it doesn't matter for you my thought you don't have you can't use them anyway if you want to carry 10 of them go ahead but right you're not going to be able to use them um i guess overall as i you know i was i was running them through a scenario that i'm maybe helping i may eventually write up you know to be maybe published if the horde wars guys like it do you think the setting that i the island setting seemed okay to you joe oh, yeah. not? it's very okay. cool Okay, I got lots to work on, but I, it was kind of the first draft, so we'll see. How Especially it goes. if you can use that image. Oh, I might have to. You might have to I have to find modified. out. That is a great image. Finding an image off of the internet and including it in a pay-for product is problematic. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll I'll search that one out because I love that image. That was very, yeah. That actually sparked me to. I had literally changed half of my setup when I saw it. So anyway, we've got Ryan here only for a short bit, dude. I'm not a super short bit, but a little, you know. I know. I kind of want to get to his. Uh... It's like what the ladies say. It's it's an average bit. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's not the time you have. It's what you do with it. Right. 
and Ryan always uses his time wisely in just all arenas. Just don't do the really bad thing and say, oh, that's such a cute bit of time that you have. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, so do you Wait want me till to... I draw on it like horse girl. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, make no. it ugly it up real oh, good. Get geez. the red Sharpie, Randy. Mm. Mm. Don't say that when I'm drinking. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. All right. Oh, so, we, so let's get clean here. Yeah. All right. So we, we have Mr. David on here to talk about the village of Greenhaven. Randy yes. has purchased it. Mm-hmm. So what do you what say you, sir? Well, I, I read it uh, pretty quickly, and then I took a slower look at it uh, this morning. I read it two nights ago, and I was very pleased. Um, it's, a, it's a bargain, $1.99. You can't go wrong. Uh, it's actually sold at the wrong place, but I'm going to let that slide. Uh, drive, and direct. And direct. You can get if it directly you really from, want to. Correct. I would buy it from Ryan David if I were you, not from the enemy no we want want to hit the threshold it is what it is brother (laughs) it is what it is it's all good no hate all love all love um anyway so but i it's a setting it's a system agnostic it's um kind of a little idyllic town i would say that it has a it's very easy to drop in in fact ryan calls it i'm assuming this is going to be one of many ryan pop in what do you call it? Pop in principles. principles. Yeah. It, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, if people like it and more importantly, you know, uh, you said it's a buck 99. It's <sighs> not there to make money. Right. Oh, I <laughs> it, it's oh, it's there to just spread stuff in the hobby. Um, yeah. Good stuff in the hobby as opposed to some of the other things that we're seeing trickle out. So if people like it and people are finding it useful, then yes, hopefully. Uh I have a name and a concept for another one, but that's as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. We're going to sort of hit the brakes and see how uh, Greenhaven settles once yeah. the the flurry of the first month or two, you know, dies down. So I was it's, ver- a, it's a set piece kind of a, thing. A set piece setting, a small town. Um, NPCs, I would do- jobs. Exactly. PCs uh, to do. He lays out... An- Great tables at the end, by the way, Ryan. The tables are fantastic, laid out. Not only monster encounters, but things that could happen, weird events. Uh, I really love those. I actually like the art quite a bit. Um, Don't say that too loud. People will throw rocks at you. Oh, is it AI generated? It is uh, a custom AI model that I curated and wrote, and that's the difference. It's It's not. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. Cause... It's very nice. I think it's pretty. I love it. It's colorful. Um, I think I really like it. I do have one small bone to pick, and I can't get the PDF to come up on this. I tried in StreamYard. It's not showing it. Uh, but <laughs> I wish I could. Let me see if I can get it for it's you. It's your wonderful Mac. It's actually, I got the page number. Um, it's my Mac. It probably is. I think it's page 19, and my hint would say, don't zoom in on the patrons. Because <laughs> uh, did you? I bet you noticed it too, though, Ryan. Didn't you? Uh, let look at page me... nineteen. It's it's just, and I really like. Look at that. Look at that cover. That is so oh nice. no, uh, yep, yeah, absolutely no. Uh, there's yeah. there is a level where just time. You know, every one of the pieces that was produced mm-hmm. did get touched in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly paying attention to. A lot of the character and portrait stuff, mm-hmm. but when you've got groups, you've got groups. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. And again, this is nitpicky. 
Uh, I think he sets it up. Uh, all the NP. It seems like a town. I don't want to give too much away. No, you go that ahead and I'll stop you if it's bad. Yeah, it'll be a <laughs> a great base of operations because you can come right in and you actually it feels very welcoming. I would give a little. I would say it feels hippy dippy. <laughs> the the towns <laughs> they all feel like peace and love, druid stuff. But the name is called Greenhaven. Shocking, and I loved your stylized map. Even though I know uh, Kyle was not too fond oh, of that, that has kind of an anime look to it. It is, anime. but it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's reminiscent of anime is maybe not the right word. Uh, Top-down scrolling games, maybe from the nineties. Right. A I way. was going for like this whimsical, specifically with the map. I yeah. wanted it to be isometric, but not, you know, Diablo. and it's out of character for me to have something that is bright and cheerful and happy but that's what that is so that's what i went for right yeah Yeah, that's awesome honestly as i was reading i was like wow this is not the sense that i get from ryan when when he and bird are talking about their games and bird's like oh tpk isn't he such a whiner (laughs) he's a whiner he's can't believe he wants to live past two adventures that's so much to assume (laughs) <laughs> right joe that's weird yeah, yeah, yeah. you should expect death but i have a question and i and this may not have been may not have crossed your mind at all because it doesn't look it but the stylized map just that idea of having that reminds me of how the maps you would get in the planescape products they were never numbered like kyle had mentioned right his partner him and Bert are partners on nerd cognito with ryan they're not numbered but they they evoke they're very evocative that picture tells you what the town is like that was a a very specific design choice that i made Uh, Mm -hmm. i talked about it a little bit on our show this week it dropped today Mm -hmm. uh cheap plug if you're not subscribed make sure that you subscribe at the podcast provider of your choice um yeah i i didn't want the legend i didn't want the numbers in the village i wanted you to be able to put your own spin on just about everything that you see here i wanted Mm -hmm. to give you a framework or a foundation and i call it imagination fuel and that's really what the whole book is uh the whole product is designed for a convenience so your players take a left when you thought they were going to take a right they need to end up somewhere if it fits you pop it in and B, I wanted just to be able to inspire people to take this skeleton and put their own flesh and their own spin on it. So, yeah, there are events and, yes, there are NPCs and you can make them, you know, feel and act however you want. But I want you to do that. You, you know, I almost want you to say I like A, B and C, but there's no way I'm using X, Y and Z for this. And, and that's by design. So with the map. I didn't identify it, but we talked about it, and I'll, I'll talk about it here. Um, there are certain locations, right? There's a waterfall location. It's on the map, right? right? There's the old mill. It's on the map. There's the Verdant Square. It's right. on the map. There's Joe's favorite place, the Lakeside Chapel. It's on the map. <laughs> That's Ryan David. That was, the, that was the stamp that Ryan put in on that. That is the stamp from Ryan David. Yeah, you need to check that out, Joe. That's well, definitely- I, okay. This is an inside joke that I'm not inside with, so I have no idea where this Let's is coming. That's okay. Say, I'll, I'll give you the art for the Lakeside oh, Chapel. Just give it away, the Lakeside Chapel. Um, Lakeside Chapel, 
provide spiritual release services. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 That's just a rumor. So, of course, if you want to in your campaign, you can say that's not a thing. Absolutely. It's just all the sisters are super hot, but it doesn't really happen. <laughs> so. But um, um, I was wondering. So one thing that I was put off by at first. Yeah. And then I was actually inspired by it. There's a Ooh. lot of what I would call, in one sense, homogeneity amongst the NPCs. They're very friendly. Someone gives one of them is like, I can't remember if it is the herbalist that teaches classes, um, the dwarf that runs the forge. Uh, Ryan's got a lot of iconic situations there, but they're cool. And by the way, your writing style is excellent. I am not a writer, but I really liked it. You have a bit of a way with words. I do not. And I really appreciated that. But as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, man, these guys are all super nice because these guys know when I run games, I have one or two NPCs that pretty much don't want to deal with your, your NPCs that don't want to deal with PCs at all, or they got something to hide. And then I, and that's what sparked my imagination. Huh? This is almost too idyllic. Something's going on. So in my <laughs> game, and I like that. And I, I didn't know if you meant that to make people think, oh, look how lovely this is. And then let the hammer fall. It is the foundation, okay. Not just NPCs, mm -hmm. but the locations, even even the the recommended encounters mm -hmm. uh, that are in there yes. are designed for you to run with. Um, I'm running Greenhaven right now in my core group. Mm -hmm. uh, Verdant Square doesn't exist anymore. It was oh. sucked into the ground. <laughs> but, okay, it's so a big spot. it. It, what is in the book is a snapshot of what was. Now, if if we hit copper on that illegal place that mm -hmm. we can't mention here. <laughs> you can mention it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to double the random tables. And yeah. uh, one of the things that I'm putting in there as a different twist to further this, you know, invocation of thought, this imagination fuel. Uh, one of the tables that I was working on today, because it looks like we're gonna we're gonna get there. Hopefully, knock on wood. Um, one of the things that I'm doing is NPC motivation, and okay. literally, there's a random table for NPCs motivation. NPC mood is going to have a random oh. table. So if if those tables go in, and they'll go in in short order if we hit if we hit that milestone, cool. um, you're going to have even more of this spreading like I, I, almost like a fungus right <laughs> but no th this creep that happens from the creative standpoint um, yeah. and, and that way you don't have to rely on yourself because there are times where as a dm we're at our creative limit right we need to take a break we need to take a nap <laughs> yep been there uh, if i know that I need a different motivation or a different type of personality. Yeah, she might teach classes, but she could be a, we've worked with them, Randy, one of those teachers, right? Right, exactly. You're oh, in my class and let me show you how to mix this potion. Uh, Correctly, you know, the so correct way. <laughs> what is there is literally a snapshot of the moment that you as the DM receive this guide where you go from there is totally up to you and that's that's intentional and by design uh one of the proofreaders that i had shout out to him friend of ours Gro joe grognard you know him um he said you know 
there's no like swervy NPCs in here. And I said, there was, and I actually removed it because Burby. I don't want it to be a railroad in a book, right? Okay. If you've got an evil NPC that has ulterior motives on paper, it's going to be real hard for the DM to say, well, no, I don't want this whatever herbalist. We'll use her as an example mm -hmm. to be dark and evil. I actually want her to be, you know, Little Miss Sunshine. Mm -hmm. The dark and evil person is the guy that's running the bar. It's Silver Griffin. Yeah. By not defining that intentionally you have that flexibility. It was it was a conscious empowerment choice for the DM. Okay. And it wasn't clear, and I didn't want to get all, you know, preachy right. and do like a page and a half of Gaiaxi and how to, how to use this. Right. I, I know that all of the folks that are going to use this supplement are smart and creative and are going to take their own sort of approach, and I wanted to foster that without even, you know, giving this hand-holdy roadmap to it. So, yeah. My, yeah. Per my first thought, well, Answer, Iron Man's got a good Ar question. Yeah, Iron Man says, would Greenhaven be good with Horde Wars? It is completely system agnostic. 100%. It will work with everything uh, from Horde Wars to OSR products to 3rd edition to 13th age to 5th edition, if you want it to be. Because... Don't do that. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Play, if you can play anything you want. Even 4th, go ahead. Matt, even 4th. Mac has a technical question about Swervy. How is, is Swervy how these crazy kids say crooked these days? Swervy is my my carny slash pro wrestling lingo coming out there. <laughs> so it means what exactly? A, a swerve, right? So oh. you don't see it coming. You don't see the turn. You don't see the ulterior motive. Like the turn, okay. Okay, so the person appears a particular way, but they're really not that way at all. They're not right. even shifty looking. No. Right. No, they're, but, they're but, completely innocent nuns. Right, exactly. Well, they could be. And, and that's what I like about it. They could be. Because you Until just said, you catch them off hours, and then they want to drink your blood. <laughs> well, maybe not that, but <laughs> depending on how you read it. Um, I, that's what I liked about it, and that's what I thought. I don't know if, um, is it, and this is a question for everybody, do you think it would be easier, and Patrick's a fellow DM, so I'll get his opinion, because Ryan implied this. He didn't want to make a quote-unquote underhanded NPC, at least not obvious in the setting. Is it, e is that because, is it easier to make your good guys secretly evil very versus I've just described a very villainous NPC and like, I need to switch him and make him good. So uh, is, I is have it hard? But I've been go going. Ahead. So Patrick, sure. uh, let you go. If you have a thought on this, what one. do you think direction wise? Is it, is there no difference? To make a guy that's like, if you're reading a module, so and so gets a you know three paragraphs of how evil and what kind of crap he's up to, and then you're like, I don't want him to be evil. Is that harder to do than friendly little herbalist is actually secretly you know a dark necromancer? I don't I don't think it's uh, uh, more difficult either way. Okay. And uh, like with with. With like PCs, you know, sometimes it, it takes no amount of prodding to get them to be, you know, <laughs> evil. Right. But um, I mean, if you if you if you write out uh, some villainous evil guy to to be good, I don't see it as any different than getting the 
sweet, innocent little Miss Sunshine to be, you know, the the, the devil's harlot. <laughs> okay. But you, Ryan, would you, what, was that what you were trying to imply before that you thought it would be harder to go the other way? No, uh, I, I think you can flip anyone. Mm-hmm. I think the problem when it comes to a flip is players are now conditioned if someone is too good to mistrust them. Mm-hmm. So while the DM, you know, mechanically and through the narrative can flip this character however they choose. The players are almost expecting if they walk into a town and it's just a town, they have a good time at the inn, they go to the shop, they hear some tavern tales, you know, they help the the little girl get her kitten out of the tree. They're expecting someone to grow horns and cast a spell at them. Um, So the way you present in particular NPCs is very, very critical so if you're going to have an evil NPC that's just not a nice person, have them be just not a nice person. It's yeah. always great to have that one that has the turn. Right. But you have to make it meaningful. Otherwise, it's just like the hundreds of other NPCs that have turned on every one of your parties that you've ever played with. So right. it's, a, it's easy for, for tropes to condition players to you know, not trust certain people or you know, look at one person in town. There's the villain right there. And you'll notice there's there's no definition the other way either. Um, no, not really. There's no. no one that is clearly absolutely got, you know, rainbows flying out of their butt. And they just seem no relatively horns. It's a town. Right. But they seem relatively friendly, I would say. But they should because they're proprietors of businesses. Businesses. So it's right. smarter to be friendly than to not be. So that does make sense. Um, what about this? And I don't want to know if you want me to dive into this. I thought you clearly made hints that the place could be thought of as in multiple places you did it. So I'm guessing you have a preference for it, uh, a planar nexus where the uh, space between the real world and other planes are thin. Yes. And, and it kind of has a, a being kind of this nature sort of place surrounding beautiful, beautiful uh, physical representation of nature. There's a fey element. So you could bring them into play too. Um, was that purposely done? Did you like, I like this and I want to put that in there. Or are we just, I could throw me throw that in there. That's it okay. is an exit ramp that a DM can use. Ah, gotcha. Right. Um, I think in my campaign, and in my playtesting with Greenhaven, it was the exit ramp. Mm. So it's not surprising that it's present. Right. There are a couple other ones. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil no. it. I want people right. to discover them. Sure, right? there's good ones, yeah. And, and they're not the only ones too. You might read these two locations and say, Well, I've got it. Boom. Not to mention, like you said, if pop in principles spawns other entries. Mm-hmm. Even though they are standalone system agnostic, in my brain, at least right now, they're all going to be in the same, quote, world. So there might be a planar module, for lack of a better term, that comes later. There might be something just beyond where the, the extent of Greenhaven's influence went that might be coming later. Okay. And, and, um, it's just for some continuity for the potential series, if it even makes it that far, right? Gotcha. So by exit ramp, yes, you mean uh, either you're out of your current um, setting, 
you hop, oh. you, you walk through the mist and here you are in Greenhaven, or you're out on the plains and you need a breather. And you, maybe the players are all like, "Man, that's been some tough adventuring for the last." five sessions oh i'll plop in greenhaven well, right well here. no when i say exit ramp i mean exit it's an ramp. exit for the dm to uh, get off the page in greenhaven ah uh, yeah and go somewhere else oh okay if it's like they've kind of done a few things and, and they're kind of you're feeling like they need they want to move on or you need to move on yeah that's or they need a mini adventure mm -hmm. poof Boom. there you go yeah. you've got to resolve this planar oh. conflict poof okay. there's exit a celestial the DM, event the you know yeah yeah, it is It is exclusively a DM's guide, but it's also incredibly useful for players, uh, provided, you know, you have either separation if you're going to play it mm -hmm. as a player or just for a player to read, $1.99, right? Oh, read no. it and get inspiration for backgrounds. Notice I didn't say backstories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to get, you know, inspiration for backgrounds, inspiration for what makes your character tick because you may not be from Greenhaven, but you could be from one of the things that resembles something in Greenhaven. And, and again, it's designed to unlock the, the door that's locked up mentally for a lot of players because we get stuck in ruts, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that, and we need things to refresh. And, and this is hopefully, one of those little things that you can pick up and refresh yourself as a DM, use as a direct resource if you're just flat out. Uh, I'll tell you, mm -hmm. some of my best sessions that I DM'd were sessions that I had absolutely no clue what was going to happen when I went into it. I had a stack of resources. I ended up popping it in, and, and that's sort of where I said, oh, I'm able to do this, but I was doing it with these like 300 page campaign settings and mm -hmm. taking bits out of modules. And I was all over the place. What if there was something, cause there's really not something like it that's out there. What if there was something that I could just reach for that was not tied to a system, not tied to a play style, but just tied to the creative element in the game. And that's what I made. Conventional wisdom that I've heard a lot, and this could be just me, I thought system agnostic was not the way to go. I mean, For me? I like I like them, okay. but I heard I heard people say that was. I mean, did, did that ever cross your mind? Or yeah, you I never thought that. There's there's two big criticisms, and surprisingly, I'm, I'm expecting more. But <laughs> two big criticisms. One is Ryan, you priced it too low. Like I'm getting that a lot from friends that are creators. You did, and I'm not even a creator. Well, well, I guess <laughs> technically I am, but not really. Go ahead. And and two, uh, the the second big criticism is exactly what you said randy you know people are, are looking at this and saying why system agnostic that doesn't sell it may not sell but it's useful and i as much as i don't want to pigeonhole myself into a system i don't want to pigeonhole myself out of usefulness so by making it so that it can go into horde wars it can go into dnd it can go into castles and crusades yep and not pretending that it's something that it's not, not pretending that it is a full module, right. not pretending that it is a rule set or a campaign setting, looking at it for what it is as it is this 
exploration that you can do through this town and then make it your own and put it into your game. I think system agnostic is the only way to go for that. I um, actually love it. And, and Joe has always been talking about that to me, even with our stuff that when we consider the idea of doing a mud setting, sword, not a setting our settings, we're working, we're like working on one of them in quotations, but we are, we have an, we have a, we have what I call a germ of an idea that I, I won't call it unique, but I think it will be in the end, something unique. And I wonder, Joe's mentioned multiple times, let's make it system agnostic. And I was always nervous, but you know what? You've kind of inspired me. So well, there, there's been a couple of people too. They're like, well, you should have, you know, should have done D and D in some sort of OGL fashion and then why didn't you just do castles and crusades and then pick like one more and i was like no page real estate is important and if i do that that's going to triple the the size of this which is going to triple the cost of it and make it not universally accessible Right. This sounds so out of character for me but i Mm. i want everyone from the sparkliest sparkle troll sure all the way down to the grittiest grognard to be able to find a use for this because maybe those folks that are out on the periphery in that end that we don't want are going to be like oh we can still do these creative things but we're not going to be handcuffs with like guides and strategies and maps and and you know cultural influence and politics and all that look there's just this and this is going to allow me to create something more it's right a on. sweet so, little town you can drop in any game yep in any in anybody's at anybody's table and max says it's less work for us to convert a ton of things and it adds to the adventure collection there's no bad to that right because it's, it's less you... i think oh, adding sorry i think adding all of the anybody's um system specifics is more work than it's worth if you're if you as a creator aren't tied to one right so yep. and as as a user if yeah. it's got a stat block that's D and i'm not playing D and that's not attractive to me because right. it's harder for me to convert it than to just skin it right and uh there are a lot of assumptions in a game like D and like we were talking about the spell book stuff and mm-hmm. wizards having a buttload of spells uh especially higher level ones but if you if it's just the way you've treated this it sounds like you probably don't get into that so you don't you don't really say hey this wizard over here and this is our spell list and blah 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 no. blah. this is a powerful wizard perhaps or this is a well-known uh herbalist or you know it's probably generic enough right yeah. and and the reason being too is i want this to be available to players of all levels you get into a module Mm-hmm. it's for third to sixth well yep. yeah and if you scale it up you can't do it right and if you scale it down you can't do it right yeah. you don't do it Here, justice either way it's a wizard yeah. the level of that wizard is something that my hands are out of and the dm's hands are on right so patrick i interrupted you <laughs> squirrel, oh. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah, I, was, I was just gonna say it was uh it was interesting that uh ryan uh, brought up the the price point argument because when I was uh, I was talking one on one with uh, Kevin Simbita at his office, uh, Randy, when we did our Palladium trip. Yep. One of the things he brought up was uh, pricing your stuff too low. You might think that this will uh, bring more people like to buy it, but he 
he recounts a time when he was at one of his uh, first conventions selling one of his first supplements and he priced it really, really low. And this friend of his uh, had something he was selling that was uh, fewer pages, but was more expensive. And he sold out of all of that. And he asked him, why, why did you, how, how did you sell out? I barely sold anything. He says, when you price it too low, the first thing on people's minds is what's wrong with it. Right. And, and, and that was definitely part of the process when I was going into the pricing for it too, because if listeners of my show know when we were bantering about it, but pre-release, I originally said, I wanted this thing to go out for like 50 cents, 99 cents so that everybody can get it. And talking to creators that they said, no, 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 You, you have to find a bottom. And, you know, if you go much closer to five cents a page, no one's going to take it seriously. Uh, so I, I put it somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you get more than, it's not even 10 cents a page. It's, no. it's quite a deal. Quite in a fact, deal. Um, if things go and it becomes the series, the, the, the price point's probably going to settle at $2.99. Oh. But officially right now it's one ninety nine. That's it. Right. Go grab it. Save a buck. Yep. <laughs> Cool. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know if or when that'll ever happen. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and back to the leveling part, which I think is neat. And so we've already talked about it, so I'm not spoiling anything. So you have uh, what Ryan did in his campaign with the center of the town square. And then you have the planar element, if you wish. And I'll just say it that way, if you wish. So you could have a group of 15th level D&D characters roll in here and something cool could happen that they will need them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a town that's just for low level characters. It's not a video game where only green, you know, it's, it's a green town. So you're totally safe here. And so, you know, it's like, no, <laughs> no. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, cause I don't in video games. I like, like in world of Warcraft, they used to have this character's blue to you. So he's no challenge and this guy's purple to you. And, but I was like, no, I, I like that. So it's, uh, it's wide open. The DM can make it. You could have multiple visits, which would be fun for different groups of characters. And have them come at different levels. Imagine the group at low level visit Greenhaven, and then other characters you play to much higher levels in a different game, and then you still visit Greenhaven, but cool things happen. I, so, I love doing that with my groups too, uh, yeah. having multiple groups in the same world and seeing how each group influences the world. Yep. And how the low level groups can really wreak havoc on things that the high level group are doing and vice versa. So, uh, no, it, it, it totally, totally will work. Our man makes a statement. I'm going to bring it up because I think I, he deserves an answer. He says, and I'm, and I don't think this is what he's going to get. He says, I like bullet points for descriptions. Nope, but they're good. Again, I'm not just blowing smoke up Ryan's butt. He's a good writer. He gives menus at taverns and unique items for sale. If I remember, you list, you kind of broadly list some ideas that things that can be purchased at an interesting little, uh, let's call it antiquity store a unique little store and i don't remember menus being in there but i want to be straight with arm man that's not exactly how it's set up no there there are uh, again but it's not a great detail you have a lot of macro things that you can pop in and you provide the detail to it yes um one of the one of the random tables that is not present in the game but could be if we hit 5-0 in the first week Nice. Um, is is random magic items, right? That's yeah. about the most specific. But even when I was looking at that today, and I did finalize the list 
today, ironically, which is probably why I'm talking about it right now. I wanted to provide that macro level of magic item, right? So that it could be applicable for a very high level character and a very low level character. So you, you might think, oh, choosing, you know, a table of 10 or 20 magic items, pff, big deal. No, that took a really long time, not only to find items that, I, for lack of a better term, are scalable, but that are going to be useful across the board, across the levels. So right. that can be a challenge depending on the game you play. And so that is to add your not screen. in the game or not no. in the, the book as it stands right now, yeah. but it's one of the things that potentially could show up. And are those uh, items system agnostic too? They are. They are. So blah, blah, blah of invisibility. Right. 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 Or whatever. If you're a low level item, that's a charged item. It's got three charges. If you're a higher level or an epic level character, it yeah. might be a full on cloak of invisibility. Right. 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 You know, to our man's point for, you know, giving menus at taverns and unique items for sale at, you know, antiquity shops. I eat that stuff up. I sometimes buy modules and books specifically for that stuff it's like i don't have bullet points me. but this is an example of something i and it's it's in the preview that's out yep. there that's why i picked this page so that you can see the level of detail that it goes and then it leaves you with all of these paths where you take it from there you know yep. and, and this is the the you know i'm just looking at greenhaven is a quaint village nestled between rolling hills and dense forests the air is fresh, and the aroma of pine trees fills the surroundings. The village is surrounded by a sturdy wooden palisade, and a narrow dirt road leads through the entrance gate. The villagers are known for their hospitality and a strong sense of community. Those are your bullet points. There's four bullet points. It's just, right. it's That's in prose, point. right? Yeah, that works. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Is, that, is the um, nature theme, and it looks like the nature theme is in the names, too. It is. Thorn, Greenfield, Willowbark. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely keeps that going, and that's that's really good. Um, one last thing, and this is a a nitpick. Bring it on. <laughs> With your art. Yes. I noticed the description of some NPCs. Yes. Ha hair color. <laughs> doesn't uh, match the color of the art at all. You're talking the dwarf. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but the dwarf looks cool. The dwarf looks from cool. the perspective of <laughs> like the you know where the lighting is over in a different angle, That's so the what color changes. I don't. I'm not even going to go that far. <laughs> I could not do better with the dwarf art piece that I had, oh. and I didn't change the text. And it was post published that I caught that one. Mm -hmm. So nice. it is possible that the fiery red headed dwarf will be a dark charcoal colored haired dwarf. If I need to push this revision with the tables out. Oh, okay. But honestly, I didn't pay as much attention because, again, they are representations. They're an interpretation. Mm -hmm. They are not what you, the DM, is going to put in. Um, and, and this is, I guess, a flaw of my DMing perspective. I was never one to, you know, describe something that I'm reading in, in text or in my notes and then hand the artwork over. I never did that. Everything for me is theater of the mind. So it, maybe I need to change either the color of the hair or or the descriptor for the dwarf. 
I just, I but mean, that's I, less important to me than oh, just providing head. something contextual. That's not necessarily that dwarf, right? Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but there was like, I found two. I won't, I won't tell the other one. Let everybody else have a. I, I know one of them. One of them's probably the uh, gnome. Was it a she? It's a she. She was a gnome. She was a gnome. Very cute gnome. I've never seen gnomes that attractive well, you know, before. Hey. <laughs> I guess gnomes can be cute too. <laughs> oh, Iron Man says uh, wrong color ah, hair. Ah, I, I want a discount. <laughs> well, I guess you already have it. It's built into the price. Point. Right on, dude. <laughs> hmm. All right. I don't think I have any more questions for Ryan about Greenhaven, other than just say, dude, keep it coming, man. That was nice. And this, I'm going to use this. It's going to. Cool. It's going to. It's going to find a spot at my table. So I really appreciate it, Ryan. It looks good. Well, that choice. makes me very proud and very humble that, mm-hmm. that it's going to go into your game. Yeah. Okay, so David Gwill just got here, so all the lead into what we've been talking about, he's missed. Are you saying that magic item abilities are determined by level? No, not really. What it is is the setting, the, the set piece is system and power level agnostic. So mm-hmm. when you present this to your party, you make adjustments according to what your the players that you are running through but that's not to say that if you run another group through it um i mean that's not how i would do it i mean i would the first party that encounters it sets the stage and then everybody subsequent deals with how it gets set yeah right it's not a depending on who is in there at the time because what if you have a 10th level D character in there today and then right behind him walks a first level character does i mean that would just totally throw everything off if that's the way that would work but no it's uh set by the dm he sets the power level and the system the way he wants and go from there right Larry asked, Larry Elliott asked a very layered and nuanced question. <laughs> Bring copies to sell the next big geek con. So we got to get him there. But first of all, is there going to be a possibility of a print on demand? Uh, or... I'm going to do POD for my son to have a hard copy. I mean, this Aww. sounds ridiculous. That's cool. But I'm going to do it so that he can have a hard copy of the book uh, so that when I am dead and gone, <laughs> he'll be able to, to have it. Um, so technically yes i don't know if it's going to stick around because it's probably not going to be cost effective for a 40 page pod right gotcha um if we get to the point where there are three plus items in the pop-in principles series combine them i can see an omnibus of you know Greenhaven and this and that uh or you know i I could be completely off base uh here's the thing i don't want to do I don't want to do a cheap POD. Like I could do it with a staple cover and and make it cost effective, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do it. I do want to do at least like a perma bound color Hmm. POD. So yes. Explain perma bound. Perma bound. Um, It's your typical soft cover paperback book, right? Okay. That has the squared off edge, not the um, state. That's, not, not stitched, stapled. not stapled. Not stitched, not stapled. It's glued. Okay. Right? glued. <laughs> um, it's, uh, Randy, you held one up. Um, yeah. But, you know, if nice. that pricing falls in line, I'll leave it up. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt me to leave it up. Sure. But I just, if it's grossly out of line, I don't want to leave it up and look like 
an a-hole, right? Sure. <laughs> Matt so. Thompson asks, does it have a particular tech period assigned, or is that a very open to, i.e. Bronze Age, Iron, Steel? It's steel. generally open, and we, again, skinned down to its core, it's high fantasy. You can put whatever spin on it you would like, right? Mm. The blacksmith is a smith. He's not producing any goods other than what you as the DM say he is producing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you wanted to, we, we were, I was talking about this uh, with, with my editors, uh, my, my editorial group, I should call them, mm -hmm. which is really just the nerd cognito guys. Um, <laughs> and I said, you know, in theory, I can run this modern. I, you have to change a few things, but I could run it modern. I can run it no or low magic. I can run it high fantasy. So the, it will fit just about anything you have to do. You have to have a little flexibility if you're going to make, you know, you could run it cyberpunk if you wanted to, <laughs> but you would work. have to have flexibility in some of your mental conversions, right? If you're mm -hmm. running it cyberpunk, the blacksmith is probably an armorer, right? right. And, and, like and a gun, guns dealer and that sort of right. thing. Right. There's more to do the farther away you get from standard fantasy and from yeah. the DM's point of view. Yeah. Ryan David has a, I'm not Ryan David, that's you. <laughs> uh, David Will has a couple of suggestions for. Yeah, I've been reading these. Yeah. Uh, all good stuff. And I absolutely bow to your experience, Mr. Will. Yeah. Yeah, he's done more than a few. David helped me a lot with my modules. So yeah, I, know, have... I know I like to buy. Uh, print-on-demand stuff Me too. because I prefer uh, physical copies over reading PDFs. Yeah, Got to hold it in your hands. I've learned to read PDFs and enjoy it, but I still want the physical copy. I, I never just, I hate just owning. I have a few things that are just PDF, but I, I really don't like that. So Plus, here you go. You know, it's a, it's a conversation piece too. <laughs> you know, I can, I can always take out uh, a copy of uh, Tragedy of Tygon Falls and say, hey, ah! I was a part of this. Good pimp, Patrick. Yeah, I'll, well I'll, I'll make the uh, an official scoop announcement because God knows I don't think things through before I do them all the time. That's <laughs> uh, what makes life fun. <laughs> after this week, uh, if we end up making the numbers, and we're, we're on the way, but it could go either way, uh, and the revision does or does not come out, I will make it my priority the, over the next two weeks to get uh, – the minor layout changes and formatting changes that I need for POD. Cool. Because like I said, I'm going to buy one, even if it's the proof copy just for yeah. my son. Mm -hmm. And if it's reasonable and not ostentatious to leave up, it will be up. If you happen to see it, I'm sure I'll tweet about it when it comes right. out. If you are a POD person and you don't mind ponying up for the, the cost of the book, again, I'm, I'm probably going to price it so that, I make the exact same thing that I do on the PDF. It's just you get the book. So you should it, be able to go under ten dollars. Oh, I want ideally I, probably, I would want to get five. it under five. Yeah. But it's thirty pages. Yeah, I know. Shipping, there's no way. I know. Yeah. But I'd I'd, I'd pay ten bucks for something like that though. Absolutely. For sure. Maybe if I can maybe compromise and get it six ninety nine. But not counting shipping, right? Right, right, not counting shipping, because so, shipping's right. going to have to, everybody's going to have to know that they got shipping to, to deal with. Yeah, yeah. good. Uh, so there you go. Um, we're going to, we're going to just 
pass the cost of POD along. And if that's the case, wherever the chips may fall, so be it. That's cool. a sale from me. That's fair. Yep. Go check it out. $1.99 on DriveThruRPG and directly from Ryan. You can get it from him. Does he, Where do they look at? Is it it, they can go to nerdcognito.com, uh, Infamous you. Media Group, which is our parent company. It's really just mm-hmm. my LLC. <laughs> right, right, um, right. They, they have a, uh, there's a storefront page there. So that way we're good little soldiers and don't break any of the drive through rules. Right on, right on. Right. Yeah, we, Randy and I have talked about prices. I would love to be able to sell a game book priced like it was when we were uh, just getting oh, it, like $20 book, a $20 <laughs> book, hardcover, $20, <laughs> 150 pages. Mm. Um, and it's probably just not doable. Dude, no. I don't I don't think so. Especially like, with print on demand. Print on demand books are more expensive. Right. Because that, yeah. you know, because they don't have scale built in. Cost of cost of scale or scale of cost, whatever whatever. Well, but I've done is. a one time thirty copy print run of that module. I can tell you there's no way, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, can yeah. I get the POD to four ninety nine, Randy? What's that? Hmm? Didn't you pay extra to have them rushed, though? Fair enough. I did. I wanted them for Big Geek Con. Didn't want to have any doubt. Uh, Mac Thompson says, hello, 1996. More like 1986. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Wasn't the first Player's Handbook, though? That, well, God, that was back in 81. Was that right? 80, 81, Player's Handbook 1, first 15 edition? 15 bucks. 15 bucks, yeah. And they had a good deal on the first third edition. First printing of the third edition. Yeah, yeah. It was a good deal for that the page count and everything. Yeah. But I remember after- getting the the triple box set. It had the little sleeve mm-hmm. uh, for 3.0 when it first came out, and I got it for a steal. Mm-hmm. I got it for like 35 bucks for all three books. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh. You can't, Ed- those kind of books these days, they're 60 bucks. Yep. Almost well, all the time. I think that's the industry standard pretty much, it seems like. 60. David Gwill says 37 just to print. Yeah. Yeah. Delvers. Yeah. If you had scale mm-hmm. to uh, help you with the cost, then you could, that price could come down, but not, you know, you can't do, do it one at a time. No. no. Even um, Lulu does do price breaks for a uh, set. So if you get, I don't know, I can't remember what the breaks are, but if you get X amount of books all at one time, the, the, the individual prices go down, but it takes a lot of, a lot of it to make any real difference with any mass production usually the the bigger price breaks for something like that comes with like a hundred copies then a bigger one with 500 then a thousand then ten thousand cool and to do that you need to crowdfund it and i am not playing that game right (laughs) so ryan um are you going to hang with us a little more, or do you got a boogie? Because I, I know we're somewhere yeah, close. Yeah, I'm getting close to, to bedtime for my little guy, so I, right. have to, I have to switch over to dad mode here right. for a little bit. Um, you want to tell him some things? You want to chill anything besides Greenhaven? Uh, check out Greenhaven, drive-through RPG. Uh, if you search for Greenhaven, it's your top hit. Drive-through uh, has been doing uh, more than I expected especially considering it's me (laughs) Um, uh, as far as promotion as well. uh, Please give it a shot. Pick it up. It's less than a Pepsi. Uh, While you're doing things, if you want free stuff to do, if you're not already subscribed to Nerd Cognito, 
uh, do so. Podcast provider of your choice could be uh, Apple Podcasts, it could be Spotify, it could be iHeartRadio. It doesn't matter. All of the major ones carry it. Just search for Nerd Cognito and uh, check out our baby YouTube channel. We want to hit the 200 follower subscriber milestone on YouTube. Uh, that's where you can see our live stream, which Randy guest run-ins every once in a while. I, can't. I, I got Randy Looney maybe making an appearance. Well, uh, it's Saturdays at 5 I Eastern. Know, cause I know, I got a comment on your last podcast. I feel like I have to say something. Uh-oh. Yep. We, we're in for it. I, I need to make, like, an entrance bump for, for Randy Looney. <laughs> I thought about doing it before, but I just didn't have time. Oh, dude, it's um, But uh, subscribe like to us. <laughs> go, to, go to youtube.com slash at nerdcognito. Uh, give us a subscription. We want to get there. Um, it's not so much about monetization because – YouTube can keep their pennies. We just want to beat their algorithm. And that comes in around 400 subscriptions where they start actually recommending your show. So uh, if you can, subscribe with every Google account you have and your mothers and your grandmothers and your friends. Uh, I, I think you'll enjoy the content. Uh, biggest geekest, big fans and friends of our show. If you, like, if you like Joe and Randy, you'll like... I I hope. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> you'll like, you well, you'll awesome. like Bert. I don't know well, if you'll like me. <laughs> everybody likes Bert. You'll like Ryan. You'll like Kyle. They're everybody all likes Bert. I love everybody it. likes Bert. Bert's Bert's no, a Bert, likable guy. Bert needs yeah. a little push in some direction. Sometimes he starts getting too far in the middle. You got to push him to the right. Tell you behind harder. the scenes, he's a real. Diva, fucking bitch. <laughs> sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. I, I everyone it slips out. I really try to be. You need on to my rant about Bert here. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just have to call in uh, a targeted uh, slaying. No, 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 no. I got smiting. a targeted doxing right smiting. before Christmas. Did you I'm really? done. Yeah, uh, yeah. One well, of, one of our people too, if you can oh, believe that. So it was sad. very disappointing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and plus, you'd, you'd never find Bert in the woods, Joe. So no, no. Oh, he's out when you see him, it's too late. It's like the predator. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, I love Bert. You guys are great. Check it out, baby. That's good. So all right, that's everything. Check out Greenhaven Buck ninety nine. If you don't like it, you didn't lose anything. If you love it, you gained a lot. And check out Nerd Cognito in all the places. Guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yep. Um, Randy, I'm really appreciative of all the kind things that you had to say too. So yes, sir, Ron. Thank you for showing up, and we appreciate it. And uh, you have a good night, bud. Yep, you too. Good night, everybody. Take See it ya. easy. All right, yes, go check out Nerd Cognito in all the places you expect to find them. Great. Now we can talk about him behind his back. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Our man just subscribed, so thank. Uh, um, I'm sure that Nerd Cognito appreciates that. Absolutely. Oh, man. So you want to tell them to do the things, Joe? They should really do them. They should do all the things, like mm -hmm. subscribe, like, share, hit the bell notification, comment, either here live if you're listening to us right now, or comment after the fact. Uh, all of those things um, help the algorithm out. We have surpassed that 400 mark uh, a while back, so mm -hmm. I guess we are probably getting recommended here and there. We need to get yeah. We need to find we, somewhere we, to push that gained, this year. We gained another subscriber the last couple of days. So, nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, can I can I just show off some stuff because i think it was a couple of sessions ago it was just legion of myth was asking me to show off the stuff that i had won uh legion of myth had a little contest or did you want to jump into something else joe you can do some show off stuff yeah i got uh 
I got a basically a seventy something dollar. Uh, I guess it was a Christmas pack. Yeah, well, I got a gift certificate, and I bought the Christmas oh, pack oh, from, from yeah from Riffs, and I got a good selection thanks to Kevin and Sean and all the Palladium family. I got these uh, really sweet markers, or, or sorry, bookmarks. They're really cool. I was hoping to get Chaos Earth, but I did not. That was one of my favorites. But it's got Night, Bane, and Beyond the Supernatural, and two Phase Worlds. So that might have been a, a mess up. Um, and I got an I got a couple of Rifts things. Uh, I'm kind of excited. This is an adventure, I think. The Megaverse in Flames. That was really cool. And what was the other Rifts thing that I got? Uh, Federation of Magic, revised and updated. And then I got two systems, two new RPGs. The one that just intrigued me was Systems Failure. Um, it's a blood and guts action story of loss, rebirth, and courage of self-sacrifice, patriotism, and heroics. Okay, so, yeah, show that cover a little bit better. You just kind of, yeah, kind of drifted off. Let me try to get that. There we go. Three, there got there you go. Yeah, there's a big alien beastie and then a dude with a uh, little gun there and his kid. It's kind of cool, but it's, it's its own system. I haven't jumped into it yet. I'm sure it looks very Palladium-like, but... I that's, think that's the one about the bugs that like eat electricity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Y2K, right, David. And then I got Heroes Unlimited, a Supers oh, cool. game. I've always wanted to look at their version of Supers. I'm, I'm sure it'll be quite fine. And it looks, uh, as always, good art. It's never, Palladium never disappoints when it comes to art. So very pleased. That's good deal. Good deal. Bad boy. All right. So now that we have done that, yes, our main, our uh, well, I guess <laughs> we're we're not really talking too much about. I thought, I guess it'll be in here at some point. So if you came here for the New Year's resolutions, we're Should going we to do, do kind of a clickbaity thing and wait till later. So we're <laughs> going to go. Our first topic is about paid DMing. Yes, and I looked at all these articles. Mm -hmm. In the first article really was no good okay it was no good because it says how to become one and it says hey uh go do it yeah that's what i thought too <laughs> that's all it's pretty much uh pretty much it <laughs> the second one was a lot more detailed but still it wasn't necessarily a step-by-step -step guide no it was more of their experience i did kind of like the second one though the branding one where he talked about how to get started, some of the checklists of things to do. I thought that was kind of, but that's good for any kind of like, even this, I guess. And even for like doing podcasts and things with some good advice. Right. And then there's a, a over at marketplace.org of all oh, places. Had some issues with that one. Oh, you did? At the okay. end, at the end, especially. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I was, I was speed reading, so I might've missed something. Mm -hmm. Well, the big one was, it's it's a conversation between someone named Brancaccio and Pylon, right? Which I assume they're actual people. That's why the names are so weird, right? But it said, uh, "You like the feeling of being immersed and submerged in three D storytelling." What was it? And this Pylon responds, "I think it's super fun." And then he goes and he says, "When I was a kid, I was the shrimp in the family, but in D and D, I could be an ogre and I could slay things. I had power." And I was kind of like, "That's." Why would you start off telling someone you could be an ogre? <laughs> I guess you could. That's not very well, D&D, &D, but whatever. With, right. And then the other article was like, you know, I played D&D &D back in the day, but then got 
you know, uh, had a bunch of diversions and stuff. And then mm -hmm. I found fifth, fifth edition. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. It, did, it does acknowledge it was popular, you know, D&D uh, &D was popular beforehand. Yes. But um, according to that article, D&D blewed up. What's your big thoughts? You oh, go ahead, Patrick. You have something to say on the article? <laughs> uh, no, it's just each one of those articles cast the spell power word shill. <laughs> right. Yeah, it really did. That's a good one. Well, the, the second one was about start playing games. Right, so uh, it's a, D, a DM for higher service, right? What do you think of that concept, guys? I know it's older now; it's kind of the, a thing. But just when I know when I first heard it, I had a certain thought, and I've backed off some. And I've also heard about a friend that we all know that did it, and that's fine. I think I'm much softer on it, but I can say for myself, I cannot envision myself ever doing that. Okay, me can neither. Now, who doesn't want to make money off of their lifelong love and hobby? Um, you know, I'm trying to do that now, but th there's there, there's a point where I, I thought it'd be rather nice to have a little extra room in a house and and uh, invite people to come stay and name your business Air D and D. <laughs> now that, wow, because you you know what. I bet as long as you're running five E, you probably get some takers. I probably would, um, but that would mean I would be nailing myself to fifth edition. I, I'm not sure I'm I'm willing to make that kind of commitment. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly though, it feels a little bit like, and I can't poop on it too hard because the feeling that I had of imagine I had to be, yeah, RPG escort service as Iron Man, but I'm being paid to run the game. So first of all, I guess I can't really TPK right off the gate, which is very disappointing. But I mean, not even that. Just it'd be weird to be, and I'm not, forget the part about it wouldn't be my friends; it'd be a people I don't know. But I feel like I would run, get really tired of my hobby, and it would no longer be a hobby. But I also feel that when I just oh so slightly dip my toe into creating something and selling it, and I wonder for people that have made lots and lots of game material, how much playing they actually do. And let me tie this a bow to it. Even podcasting and having a YouTube show. We talk a lot about gaming and stuff, but I, all that could and does eat up your game time, your free time. Sure. I don't, I don't, I'm finding, and this may lead to New Year's resolutions, I absolutely am going to game more. And this doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, none of those, none of those things help. What do well, you think of that? Being a paid DM would help you play more. Yes, fair enough. But probably not. Yes, I, I would feel I'm. Yes, for sure. But I would feel responsible. I mean, more responsible than normal. I think the aspect of playing with people you don't necessarily know would really put a damper on your love for the game, though, because. You, you're, you're taking a risk when you're 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 playing with people you don't know yeah. and you know you can always get you know a group of that guys and it could drive you nuts and then you feel like okay well i have to i have to provide a service i can't exactly just you know boot this guy just because i don't like him mm -hmm. well i think you can well you could it's just 
you have to make sure you you say something like um there has to be a refund policy right so there would have to be a lot of business decisions you would have to make and then uh that could then provide you with the game environment you want so you have your um statement right this is a a game where your character could die you could have a tpk five minutes in and uh, then we just have to deal with the rest of the session so if the, if the expectation is like from the players like you need to give me i'm paying you x amount of dollars you need to give me gameplay for the slot well fine but you could still die and we just need new characters so and you would need to provide them pretty quickly i would think Sure. And uh, you know you'd you'd have to have lots of warnings in with your game sessions. Warning: there may actually be like adventures. There may be killing monsters in here. You're not going to be baristas in a magical right. coffee shop. This and is not slice of life D and D. This is D and D D and D. And there will be no safety tools. So get over it. Right. Oh yeah. So, I'm with hell. Look at this. This is how I'd go. No refunds, no X cards, no safety tools. <laughs> right, right, right. So yep. you 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 lay all the your cards out at the beginning. That, that would be a safety tool. Here's here's the other thing you could do. <laughs> you could have a picture of you with an American flag in the background, and that <laughs> yep. would take care of ninety nine percent of any problem people. You don't even have to do anything else. And a banner, an American flag. I'd go with a Gadsden flag. Okay, Ooh. that too. Yeah, and then put make D and D great again. Play this yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> make sure it's red with white letters. Uh, did I already do this? I don't think so. Oh, well, it's, uh, I guess free, it's free to uh, try that at a small con. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any other opinions on pay dimming? Are you like, are any of you strongly one way or the other? Meaning, like, do you think it's does it bother you that other people do it? I don't care. Not really. I mean, yeah. you know, you there, there's people- a. There's a little part of me that would would love to do it myself. I mean, really, it's it's nothing different than being a professional football player or a baseball player. You're getting paid to play a game, and that's like American dream. Yeah, yeah I don't care if someone finds people that will pay him or her to DM them, and everybody's happy with the transaction. I I can't care about that. Fine. Yeah. Do this with what a, your money and your time that you want. Yeah, I agree. I'm not like I'm not vehement against it. I I can't imagine I can't imagine a situation where I would ever pay for it. I'll be honest with you. I think I would not play if I could only play by paying for it. At this point in my life. I would right. just, well then well then you're completely uh you know off the D and D train because they're gonna make everybody pay to play. Now, Larry makes Elliot makes a good point. He does say, if doing it online, it does possibly allow more people to gain that don't have others in the area. Yes, that is a thing. Yeah, it's why um, uh, solo board games and solo RPGs have become so popular is because nobody has any friends around. And I always, I always thought of like solo play RPGs and solo play board games as nothing more than kind of masturbation but uh, you know just self-pleasuring uh it's like what you don't have any friends you can't get together with anybody say like, oh well my wife doesn't play pick a better wife 
<laughs> Pick a better wife. Yeah. Well, we all three have. Uh, my my wife does not play much anymore. In fact, hardly, not really at all. She's kind of given it up for a while. She's taken a hiatus, but she was a gamer, as you all know. We all have a gamer wife, which is very convenient for us. Um, Larry's right. We are we are blessed. I think one of the reasons we can say what we say is we have a we have tw- we said it before. We have twenty plus guys to choose from. I mean, if my game ended tomorrow and Joe couldn't play at Randy's table, he could find a table. Oh yeah. In like two minute phone call, he and Jenny would be playing. Right. So yeah. Um. So I guess, what do you think about the price points that you saw in some of the articles? I mean, they were talking about like playing. They were talking hundreds of dollars a session. Is that just for like? businesses doing weekend retreats and stuff uh, I think no, that, if, yeah. if we've if we talk about our uh, our friend so who shall not be named mm-hmm. um, I I've seen what he charges uh, mm-hmm. for games even his uh, birthday game prices mm-hmm. and if he pulls in like five six players yeah he's making a few hundred bucks a session. Nothing well, I would pay. Right, but I mean, but... more power to him. I oh, guess, yeah, yeah, more power to him. What's up, Nerdy Ogre? He showed up. Nerdy. L's in the house, too. Didn't forget to say hi to L. He's around. Hello. Who else showed up late? I don't know. Kill Raven. Oh, he had a good comment. He said, just imagine how much more entitled modern players would be if they actually paid. They're insufferable when they're playing for free. <laughs> I think Kill Raven has to oh, play Oh, my God. Hashtag truth. <laughs> Like I said, you lay all your cards out, cards out at the beginning. You're still going to have somebody in there that's like, hey, hey. I said, what do you not? Here's a list. Did you read the list? If yeah. you didn't, I'll see you later. I'll give you a refund. Half of the RPG horror stories that make the rounds on like the internet uh, start with, hey, this player didn't uh, read you know, the, the whole campaign spiel uh, before signing up for it. I I feel like I see more of complaints about DMs. This campaign was bad because the DM did this. I've I've seen plenty of stuff about players, too. I I sometimes listen to uh, narrated RPG horror stories on YouTube. Some of them are fun. Uh, That is a good... This is a good point. He's being a little surprisingly i can't believe l would be a little sarcastic he says most paid gms are i see are cosplay actors not gms that does seem to be a thing you're you're kind of that's another thing about getting paid you may want to perform i mean patrick's pretty good i've played in patrick and he he does a lot of voices and uh he gets into his npcs and that's cool and but they would like they would expect him to take his acting background and like, dude, I don't want you to just use voices. You better change costume in between scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you almost wonder if you would feel that way. Cause I, I, I would wonder, it just interests me. If I were to be paid, I would feel I need to like, I'm already over prepper. Can you imagine how much I'd prep Joe if I was paid? Oh, sure. Sure. I couldn't work. You'd be, you'd be, I don't think you, you would have the, uh, you would, it, you wouldn't do it. That's why, no. why you're not doing it because yeah. it would be t- too much stress. All work all the time. Yeah, I think Cal's got the right of it. Uh, it's a show now. It's it's changed from a game. I think when you put a when you put a price point on it, I think it becomes um, 
I think it becomes the expectation of, oh, I want you to be Matt Mercer and I want this to be a critical role. You know, the, I, I think the Matt Mercer effect is a real thing. Uh, and s- some people come into it, especially when money's involved. They, they want an experience not yeah. to, to enjoy a game. I have no, like I said, I, I really don't have a, I don't have hate toward critical role. No, but but I agree. I think they're providing something different than a D and D game. Right. They're doing something different. Not that they're not playing D and D sort of, but they're doing some different stuff. Um, and they, prov- and they clearly found a niche that is like popular. So I'm not kind knocking them. Like CSI did for the, the justice system. Hmm. It, it showed, you know, uh, forensics as being this really simple thing to do. And, stuff that they can't do in real life and now it's put expectations on the justice system and it's tainted juries yeah right because people get too involved in the tv shows right and uh the the other idea is that forensics is 100 percent rock solid right i mean uh, no (laughs) even fingerprinting isn't 100 percent um uh dna tests aren't 100 percent you get all kinds of false positives and you get um you get situations where it gets tainted because you're supposed to send it to send off tests to places that have no knowledge of any of the crimes, mm-hmm. but often they are friends mm. and they talk about things and they'll say stuff like, we really need this to be a positive because we're trying to catch this guy. On a side note, this fascinates me. What did Cal said this? Did you guys hear this? It's why Matt Colville games, his game is at almost 4 million. Is that you guys? You guys heard that that his RPGs at four yeah, million? Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't even have an official name yet. It's got to be the biggest. Is that the biggest RPG Kickstarter ever? Yes. It doesn't have a name yet. Wow. No, it's just called the Matt Colville Role Playing Game or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, MCDM. <laughs> a fool and his money. And they're saying it's like fourth editiony. Oh wow! Okay, good luck with that, Matt. I mean, well, it might heck, not be. See, it's these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. They're they're. Um, oh, he said Matt Colville Dungeon Master RPG. Yeah. I, uh, that's. That, I'm sorry. That's cringy. cringy. Yeah. Cringy. So he's taking advantage of his popularity to make some dough, like a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and then what is probably going to you know people are going to say, oh, this is my game because it's Matt Colville, or whatever. dude. Kill Raven says it's only bits written, and then Arn Man says, and I'm sure he's joking, it's not even as far along as Mudsword. Surely it is. Surely it's well, as far along as uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised, man. Uh, I was going to say. Every RPG Kickstarter out there you know, gets its money because they show off a lot of fancy art and a couple of things written. And then as soon as the Kickstarter is over, it's like, all right, we got our money. Now we can, now we can do the writing. And wow. now we get in like months and months later to a year later, then it's uh, oh, now we can do play testing. Oh, and wow. then five years down the road, you finally get your book. Oh, side note, did you hear about Far West on 10 cars? Yeah. Oh, Far West was a Kickstarter that was in 2011, Joe. Oh, is that the one he always talks about? Yeah. And some guy named Gareth. And now Pinnacle is going to print it this year. So it's only been 12, 13 years. <laughs> I promise you guys when my role playing game is finished <laughs> one 
it will be finished before it goes to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And two, it's not going to be called the Pat Demo role-playing game. Oh, I was hoping that would be the case. I'm pretty sure PDDM. PDDM. <laughs> nice. PDRPG. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound good at all. Wow. No. That's Are you hating on my name, Joe? <laughs> no, no. The, 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 I think it sounds lovely, the, Patrick. Um, uh, just using the first letters will make it sound a particular way that no one would like. <laughs> okay. Oh, I think that's all I got to say about paid DMing, Joe. Yes, nerdy. Five years after you've forgotten that you got it. Right. I just received a board game that took five years to make because, you know. David Quills. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the MC, I'm saying it. Some of the MCDM RPG LGBTQ LOL plus plus pages are on Kickstarter and they look terrible. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, thank so, you, David. So, <laughs> Matt Mercer is the um, is the voice actor guy. Yes. That's different from Matt Colville. Matt yes. Colville is. He's he, a vice guy on YouTube. And he know. has a he has an RPG book series. Strongholds I, was a big one for 5e. They're, they're, they're perfectly good books, but mm. it's like, wow, with this Kickstarter, man, are you putting the cart before the horse? Well, a lot of people, like you said, lot, lots of even um, physical products that aren't RPGs, when they go to Kickstarter, they go there to get everything funded, even research and development, mm-hmm. um, prototyping, all that stuff. Yeah. So they don't have anything. They just have a concept. Here's our concept. We want you guys to back it. <laughs> David. David. He says, disagree I disagree about, about the Stronghold what? book. He goes, I disagree about the Stronghold book, and I'm willing to argue about it at length. You disagree about what? <laughs> that it exists? I mean, no, does someone have an opinion? Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know anything about the Stronghold books. I will take anybody's oh. advice on what it's like and then not care because I don't own any of them. I don't plan on buying any of them. <laughs> no, it's so. for 5e, so it totally missed Joe. Yeah. I saw it, but didn't buy it. Um, oh, in his defense, uh, Cal says he always delivered on time. That's important. Yes. So, if that happens, then good for him. I'm good. Somebody delivered on time. Maybe it's the Overwatch questions. All right. I think that's all I'm going to say about when we got way off track there. Um, you want to move into the next segment, Joe? What are you thinking, man? You're the, okay. you're the helm. I'm, I'm just going to say anybody, nobody that makes money off of the RPG hobby should throw mud at paid DMs. I mean, is there? they're still making money off of the game. I agree. One way or another. Maybe mm-hmm. you think that making a game is more honorable than running the game for money, but you're still making money one way or the other. It's not like you're um, you're doing anything unethical, I don't what? think. Okay, is Nerdy Ogre's question for me? Probably. He says, stupid question, what's with the hat? Uh, I am the CEO of Pointy Hat Games, and uh, <laughs> my hat yeah. is kind of our mascot. I can't aside see the point. Brimley. I don't the think point you can see the, the back. Point. The point's no. in the back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, gotcha. All right. I I think you're right, Joe. I think that's true. I I 100% agree. I mean, you shouldn't. I don't want to throw stones at those paid DMs, man. Do it if you can. You like it. But I do have a a full head of hair. (laughs) Ah, luscious hair. (laughs) 
David Will says, I run for my wife and kids, so I get paid in seeing them have a good time. Yep. That's cool. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Max says, I'll throw mud. Gamer gigolos. <laughs> right on, dude. I'm not telling you how to think. I'm just saying, in my opinion, I don't think it's that big of a Joe's deal. telling you how to think, Max. Stop it. Stop your thinking. No, you should. <laughs> no, you, you want to. Uh, Let's move on. You want to you want to be a, a paid GM, you know, work at pimp, get that uh, get that dollar. Right. All right. So um, we are finally doing this segment after We've talked having about it, pushed it for years. off, push push off. I don't know how many, you know, uh, different episodes where we just ran out of time. So <laughs> hold on, Joe's starting to sound a little. Uh, <laughs> oh. Shots fired. Shots fired. All I all I have to do is not have uh, the approved opinions, and now I'm left. <laughs> well, one opinion that Matt can't think—that's not very nice. <laughs> oh wait, Joe didn't technically say that. I didn't. I didn't say that at all. I said that, but that's yeah. okay. I said it. I speak for Joe in most cases. Yeah, he likes putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I do. Shovel, 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 shovel. All right. So, whose game is it anyway? So, is it the DM's game? We're talking at the table, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, DM or player or both. Assume you are friends and like gaming together as well as you aren't looking to win anything. So you're not you're not coming to the table to win. Right. There's no comp- it's not really competition. There's no competition. So whose game is it? How could we decide? So this is your topic you came up with. What is yes. the thrust of it? Because the thrust of it is this. So when um I'm running, if you're running, especially a campaign, but any game. Patrick says, hey, I'm running a Call of Cthulhu campaign. I'm going to set up a campaign. Let's get going, make characters. And he's running it. So who has, because this is more for a modern thing, how much how much of the game belongs to Patrick? Do we? Does he need to bring rules changes from the Call of Cthulhu book? If he changes, does he need to bring it before the group? How much does he need to get buy-in? And, I, and, I, and I'm assuming we're all friends. We like Patrick. We're not just going to bounce because, you know, he changed the rule. Or does it need to be more like, mm, it should be mm, spread out amongst the group. It's the group game. I, I don't think so, but what do you guys think? All right. Why don't you go, Pat? Well, <clears throat> since, you're, since you're running Call of Cthulhu for us. Randy went first, Pat's going second, then I'm going to tell you guys the real deal and how you should think. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, in that case, uh, Joe, you can go, and then <laughs> I can tell you what to think. <laughs> but no, um, <clears throat> I, I, re- I really do firmly believe that the, the game is both uh, the players and the DM. I mean, yes, the, the, the DM makes the world, the DM, um, you know, tells the story. And what I mean by story, before anybody jumps don't down qualify. my throat, Don't qualify for these heathens. <laughs> it, yes, yes, there's the, the, the DM does write, uh, well, the, the skeleton of a story. They're, they're going to they're gonna write the story beats. They're going to know the plot. The players are the ones who, who will determine the outcome of all of that stuff. 
it's like, yes, I'm going to have a, an evil lich and he's going to be collecting the souls of all the townsfolk. Now that that's that that's the game. You know, the players are going to, you know, find whatever way they can to, to beat the lich Lord. And that's going to be their bad guy. However, uh, how the players actually accomplish this, uh, that that's where the, the players have all their input and it could be wildly different between game groups on how they deal with, with, with a problem. And uh, it's, <clears throat> it's uh, the player's game because, well, uh, you know, they're, they're there to play a game. And uh, just because the DM might have uh, access to the, the, the books and such doesn't mean that the players aren't contributing. How you like L? This might fit. Do you like this? L says it's the GM's world, but the player's game. A GM can prep a world alone, but no players, no game. Yep, there's no game without the players. Now, no game without the GM. They have to. They have to cooperate the, the, to have one. I I may, I may push back against the uh, the the very first part of that, but mm -hmm. the the latter half of that that statement, one hundred percent. If there's no players, there's no game. Max kind of thompson agrees it's the dm and the players game if it's the dm's table but the game should belong to all interesting there you go mac you like uh that? that's that that's the one i'll uh, i'll get behind okay so i'm gonna say is that did you did you get everything out you wanted to say pat yeah in general yeah i got more to say but you go joe because i want to say hey wrong okay so <laughs> i can see someone thinking so you can't have a game without the players. You can't even have a game without DM. You need both to have the game played. Okay. That doesn't really say anything about ownership. If you're going to get pedantic about ownership. Sure. Right? Yep. And who gets the say. So that's what ownership is. Who gets right. the say. Who gets the say. Right. right. So, so who gets the say depends. So if you're talking about rules interpretations and... Uh, what's behind curtain number one and what's the rule set even, you know, the DM isn't, isn't going to uh, be told what rule set to use. You might discuss, you know, Hey, what would you like to play? But when it comes down to it, if Randy just wants to run 13th age, people are going to show up to his table. Right. Um, well, it's the truth. You know, <laughs> it, DMs are in short, supply uh -huh. compared to players yep. so as long as a dm is willing to run a game he's going to find him some players mm -hmm. and um, unless you got a bunch of snooty players who will only play fifth edition or whatever or, or me who i'm not gonna play fifth edition because mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know it's going to be edge cases where a dm isn't going to be able to find players right mm -hmm. so the dm does have authority of a sort over over rulings Mm -hmm. And uh, rules interpretations, though, if you're going to be a, uh, a reasonable person as well, you are going to discuss to on some level. And then once there, people have had their says, uh, after the dice have stopped rolling. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a big rules discussion in the middle of play. That's, that's no good. That's boring for everybody. That's boring for everybody. So you have a bit of a discussion, and then the DM is going to say, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Couple comments. Uh, was that all you wanted to say, Joe? Because I'm gonna. Yeah. So, in go ahead. The level of the DM doesn't have a game without players. Players don't have a 
game without the DM. You have to cooperate. It's a cooperative uh, endeavor. Yep. It is a symbiosis. Yeah. And but the the DM does have um, an arbitrary amount of authority over the game because you, as the DM, do all of the creative process before gameplay starts. And then the players come in, and then it all gets molded into something different. Nerdy Ogre says, it's whoever's sitting behind the screen the GM created, creating everything. And I'm not as belligerent as I'm going to sound here for a minute. But I'm going to say this, and this is only from my perspective. So uh, we talked about the time invested for prep, reading the books, keeping characters up to date, creating adventures, playing. You know, And for me, I'm usually the organizer, too. Hey guys, can we play Tuesday at seven? Can we play Saturday at five or whatever? Um, I do tend to invest more than most of my players. People that DM a lot tend to invest more money in the games. That mm-hmm. doesn't give you the right to be a, an asshat. Right. Um, and I've found that I'm more dedicated when I can't. Now, it hasn't been the last few years. I've been fighting, jumping all over games, but campaign wise, usually I'm the one that's most into it, most focused. But that gives me the right of the dungeon master from the old school viewpoint. It is his world. He makes his decision. You can walk with your feet and head out the door if it's that bad. But he also, any DM that's even halfway decent, I think that's, maybe it's just because I just think, have I had a player just get up and walk out? I've had players leave the game, but I had to encourage that. Right. I had to do it. I don't recall people saying, I'm out of here. Um, And... Uh, I think it's 60-40. I think I can put a percentage on it, and I'm comfortable with that. It's 60% the DMs and 40% the players, because he gets the say. Having said that, that doesn't mean you you can't influence the game, you can't do what you want, you can't have some freedom. But when it comes down to mechanics and rulings and stuff, like Joe said, the DM has to make it. Somebody has to say Mm -hmm. the buck stops Mm -hmm. here. And also, it was, um, who was it? Um, Kyle on Nerd... Nerd Cardino, I think today said this. I thought it was really good. He said, DMs often are the ones, like when players like, I should be able to do this. Why can't I do this with this rule? Or why can't I do this with this build? The DMs know, most DMs know what's best for the campaign. Sometimes I've said no to things that weren't particularly game-breaking just because I said, hmm, that could get a little wonky or screwy in the game later on. And I know more than the players do. Right. Of what's coming up and what they're going to have opportunities to have and how the game plays, especially if it's a new game. And so I think they have to have a little more weight. I'm not inclined to be like, let's all vote if this rule can happen. But I will listen. If a lot of my players are like, Randy, this is how the rule should work. And look at this and this. I'm I'm usually like, you're joking. I'll be like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. We'll do it that way. Until until it stops working good. Correct. Or working well. You'll you'll listen. You'll adopt. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, yeah, this ain't working. We're going to go this, back to the other way. Yeah, this is not good. And Joe yeah. wants gold for like killing dragons. No, and I no. Hate that. See, so I, I want to be a wizard <laughs> ogre who rides in a mech. Right. Okay. That's how we're rolling. And if you can't uh, see your way to let my character have that, you're a bad DM. Yeah. And conversely, um, um, if the game was entirely the DMs, they can dictate stuff that probably should be better left up to the players yes and like what i'm what i'm thinking of is i had one bad experience playing a game that definitely was not any bit my game Mm -hmm. in which everybody was allowed to create their characters mine was created for me 
Uh, and it was because this particular GM wanted me to play a barbarian with a three intelligence. <laughs> because you like wizards that are smart. Because I like wizards. And he says, I'm sick of you playing a wizard. It's like, dude. But uh, I, uh, if, you, if you just want me to be this one thing, of course, then he he got all butthurt because I played up the three intelligence. Okay. Until the point where he got sick of that and uh, started yelling about it, and Jeff <laughs> told him, "Dude, you gave him a three intelligence. You're lucky he can talk." Right. I have been guilty of um, way back. I'm Joe. Probably remembers this that I, I actually made characters for the players once, and. They accepted it, which they shouldn't have, but I was the only game in town, and it was stupid. Even quickly, once I did it, I was like, I don't like watching them play something they don't want to play. It's just right, not very right. fun, you know? It's one thing to have pre-gens. Yeah. You have a pickup game, there's some pre-gens. You can, mm -hmm. and most of the time when you have pre-gens, you usually say something to the effect of, hey, make it your own. If you want to make a little change here and there, that's cool. Kill Raven, a man after my own heart, 80-20. And I know it's Dungeon Master, because he made this comment. He said, who gets blamed if the game isn't fun? It's the rarely, DM. almost always. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. with great power does come great responsibility. Because even if you have a player that's disrupting the game, everybody will say it's the DM's responsibility to boot that dude. I've right. come to a Zen place with this, but I may have to kill Iron Man. He said he had a DM once that gave him a cleric with a four dexterity. <laughs> oh, that was a pre-gen though, right? <laughs> no, he won't he let it go. You didn't specially make it for him. Arn Man, I'm making one for him this year. A specially made character. All fours. He's got eight, no, eight teens on everything. Okay. Because he's my dude. And he's then you can say, I had a DM once that gave me a character with eight teens on everything. <laughs> yeah, Cal has yeah. the right of it here. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to play anything in a, anything in a pickup game. Right. Hand me a character. Because you just... So if, if it's a pickup game, you just want to start rolling dice. Right. And, and if it's rolling a game, dice is what we do in our <laughs> games. And if it's a pickup game, uh, instead of like just handing you a character, I'll probably have a, a folder of characters. Yeah. Say, yeah. hey, which one do you want to play? And and I do think that in the end, with you, if you're playing with friends, as Joe would say, it's going to come out in the wash. Nobody. Yeah. We don't ever. Do, I can't remember a time where we kind of tried to get all veto-y over the Dungeon Master. Can you? No, we've had arguments, but a lot of that's in the past, and we have worked out our um, issues and curated our group, and that kind of stuff just doesn't... I mean, we have discussions, and we can get passionate about certain things mm -hmm. about the game, even though it's just a game, so why be passionate? But we mm -hmm. do, because we're nerds. Yep. A few cabin cons have, have uh, devolved yeah. a little yeah, bit. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. But I think we've worked through a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And because we're friends, it's, I think, in a lot of ways easier for that kind of interpersonal yes. thing to happen. Because we'll, you know, maybe we've taken a lot of crap from somebody in the group. And then after a while, you're just like, I'm not going to take any of this crap anymore. And it may come out in the game and whatnot. Who knows? But yeah, um, I think all the caveats, Randy, just went over. I think. The DM runs the game, but the players play. So, Absolutely. you got to let so them do their thing. The DM has to have... Okay, it doesn't have to. The, you can, at your table, mm -hmm. do what you want. You can mm -hmm. have a totally commie role-playing 
where, you know, the DM, you know, he's actually, everybody else has a seat that's higher, more higher elevated. The Mm -hmm. DM's a little lower Mm -hmm. and, you know, he has to please the players. I have read articles where they said every, I've read people, it's not articles, especially on Reddit, that the DM, that their table, I remember this specifically, they all took a vote. The DM got one and that was it. When yeah. rules change arguments, like yeah, that will never fly at my table. We vote all you want. <laughs> that's not. That's really. That's really no good. Even with the system, like you said, that one time they literally thought, well, they're going to run whatever system we want to play. And I'm like, he may not do that. I don't want a vote. I want to play. Correct. You, can I do this? If, if yes, you no. think that's bad, yeah. um, I had I had backed a. Um, a game called Maganomia, and it was supposed to be the spiritual successor to Ars Magica, hmm. and uh, that's what that's what clinched me into mm-hmm. supporting it. And then when I finally got the book, um, it has a rule in there about consulting the stars whenever you want to do something, and everybody hmm. has those yes or no cards. And whenever you consult the stars, you know you you. You've got to ask, basically ask permission, can I do this? And uh, it's not the GM who tells you whether or not you can do it. It's everybody at the table. And if you get any votes that say no, it doesn't pass. It's it's forbidden, and you can't do the thing that you want to do. And I I can't do commie role-playing. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so we can call it democracy, but that's kind of like <laughs> communism with more steps. Uh, <laughs> democracy just needs another N put in that. <laughs> Happy New Year, real long shot just showed up. Very cool. Um, let's see here. Our so, man, now, he's brought this up one time. He says, I want players to bring the game to the table as well. Good players make games sure. happen. Yeah, they sure. make things happen in the game. Bad players cannot be saved by the GM. No, you can't do anything for a bad player. Oh, no, God. No. <laughs> You can't help. No, and you can't. And what's funny? Good players can help a bad GM if the GM's willing to listen. Right. If if what makes them a bad GM is that they don't listen to anybody, no. But if they just don't know that many of the rules, they don't know how to run. Don't know how to run a game very well, and they always got questions. The players can help boost it up. So, I think now, whose game is it? It's more the GMs. Now, who's more important? Nah, the more importance that's too hard. That's not something I could handle. <laughs> no, I don't think you can pinpoint who's who's more important in that no, relationship. I think if it's, it's a symbiosis, it's 50-50. Well, it's how the games work. And I mean, if the DM doesn't have at least 51-49, I don't know what you're playing for. He has to have an edge. He can, he's got to be the rules arbiter at a bare minimum. You know, when there's questions in the in the game mechanics, he's got to make the dist- distinction. So all right, that's kind of all I had to say. Do you guys want to move on to the last topic or not? You got more comments on whose game? Um, no, I think we think we settled that one. We have made the ruling. Yes. And uh, told everybody how they should think about that. Right, and so we've yeah, they all know how to think properly. Yes. <laughs> because we're that kind of podcast. We're that kind of good. We are that, yeah. <laughs> all right, so our last, well, no, second to last bit here is. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. This is January 2nd, and uh, the first, our first podcast uh, slash uh, YouTube uh, show of the year. And 
we figured we'd throw a couple of resolutions out there and am I muted? I don't think so. You were, you were sounding pretty low there for a minute. Yeah, oh. A little, uh, a little muted, but not. Yeah. Your microphone's unmuted. doing weird stuff, dude. Periodically goes whoop. Not all, Stop the, it. not Stop all it. podcasts long, just for a second. My, my microphone needs to do better. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not my, it's not my lack of volume on my end. Anyway. So we've got just a little bit of resolutions. We don't want to make, didn't want it to make it to the whole show. No, no. But um, so, Randy, you've got some words on the paper here. Well, just because I was getting my thoughts down, so I don't know if yeah. you guys want me to go first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, mine is uh, Rud Run Run. I want to play lots. Of, I want to run lots of games. Horde Wars has has started for us over New Year's Day, as we mentioned earlier. So I want to play that for a while. I'm probably not going to go down that road that long as I had intended. Then I want to do Dungeons and Delvers, and I want to finish up with Castles and Crusades, and I feel like I will have seen all the things I've needed to see. I may, with Castles and Crusades, I don't think I'm going to have a need to go back and look at first or second edition, and then I'm going to work on my game. <laughs> Joe's microphone needs to make a resolution to do better, <laughs> says Larry Elliott. Although, I don't think I want a microphone that can independently think. Might be might become an issue. Ideally, I would like to have a report that, yes, we gamed every time we showed up. Ideally. If not, three out of four times. I don't want us to have as many. Didn't do anything this week. Didn't do anything this week. That's kind of a big part of it. Um, I well, also we want, could just not say that we didn't game. That's what we'll do. So we won't say it as much. <laughs> but I think every other week is fine. It is. I've got another game, too, that I'm playing in. The uh, Minder setting, the one I talk about with earth x and savage worlds and all that so in between uh playing in Ours. the Ford wars thing yeah and then our thing we should have plenty yeah and then you will have your extra stuff yeah i, I want to create a mini setting or an adventure for horde wars um and i've decided on three things now that mud sword is going to have uh, they're going to have a faster initiative it's probably either going to be horde wars style or it's going to be side initiative, like David Quill said. I'm going to try, experiment with roll initiative. Whoever wins, the players go in any order they want. If they win, I go in any order I want. Because DM always goes any order he wants when he wins. I want spell points. And last night, your wife's character confirmed in my mind, I fully hate shooting bows in melee. It's a dog poop rule. Yeah, no shooting in the face. In every game, I hate it. Every single game, uh, 13th age, doesn't matter. Horde Wars, it's dog poop. Um, if you have the bow, like a crossbow already prepared, I might let it happen. If they're, you know, one shot, or if you have your bow strung and ready, you might get to shoot once. You might pull one cool Legolas move, but no more. You will not be doing it every round. If you're using a bow, you're hosed. You better drop it and grab your sword. There, was, just... a, there was a good um, way for you to kind of pay for your insolence what's that with the sand and the worms oh recovering you shoot a bunch of arrows go ahead shoot all you want yeah that's true i did kind of get i had not fact you're gonna pay for it i have not thought about that but yeah you guys lost a lot of arrows that way yep yeah yeah so yeah that's that's definitely what i'm doing so those are the three rules i'm oh spell points i said spell points initiative and um no bow the arrow really. thing. that's the three things for sure i'm sure we could have each arrow be a standard item that would be fun 
or it could wait, it could be bulky. Each arrow could be bulky, bulky, bulky arrows. Yeah. All right, that's just me digging uh, in a fun way at Horde Wars. Larry Elliott, if shooting bow and melee automatic attack of opportunity, that has crossed my mind. That's that's yeah, a third edition uh, um, solution. But I'm going to also say you can't even do it. There's no way because I don't think you could. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't see how you could just be in a fight other than just one quick shot if you have it strong. Okay, what do you mean by you can't? I don't think it would be likely that the greatest archer could stand within five feet of me if I'm a halfway skilled swordsman and shoot his bow while I'm trying to cut his face off. Yeah. So what's going to happen when they try to do that? They're going to get, they're not going to get any shots off. They're going to be dodging and they're going to have to let go of the arrow. They can't grab the arrow. They're putting their, putting their bow up to block it. I may be so simulation. I may have them attack the bow and do a sunder maneuver. So you could say you can't, physically mm -hmm. do it or you oh, can no. take the act of attack you of can try opportunity thing yeah yeah i'm not just gonna make an attack of opportunity i'm gonna make then, it worse than that oh what would be the worst uh you're gonna have to pull off like some kind of miracle if you have to not get hit. i might say this they give an attack of opportunity i don't know i think about it i just don't like it i don't want that to be a thing archers have i think archers have an advantage of being far away yeah use a Arrow like a dagger, and you can do one point of damage. I'm good with that. That's not like a dagger. No, it's like a stinky dagger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so yes. Flady said arrows could be made, should be made of harder mud, harder harder than mud. the mud sword. Well done, Flady. All right. So I'm just going to say um, my gaming resolutions are going to be just playing more and then making sure. I actually uh, commit and not uh, flake. Yes, I think that's good. No flaky Joe. Oh, okay. I've got I've got a complete rejection of your thought process <laughs> right there. <laughs> I, I commented. Legolas used camera tricks, camera effects. Mm -hmm. That's how I pulled it off. I know Legolas did, mm -hmm. but I don't believe it. But as soon as I have a, if I have a 37th level archer in my group, I'll consider, or an archer with a 37 dexterity, I'll consider it. <laughs> okay, Pat. Are we doing just gaming resolutions or? You can do whatever you want, baby. Well, uh, here's my list of resolutions. Uh, one, I really do want to lose weight. I want to lose at least 40 pounds. Right on. Um, as far as gaming goes, I want to be able to play more. Mm -hmm. And I also want to learn how to manage my time better. And this is related to gaming because as a game designer, I have found that these last few months for me, this isn't good. Um, I will have so many, I'll brainstorm and I'll have so many good ideas and so many things to do one week, one day, and I don't have the time to do it. And then when I do have some time and I want to go back to it, I piss away my time and there'll be like a week will go by where I've done nothing and it feels like all i've done is get up go to work come back home and 
I have a, a scant couple of hours before I like have to go to bed and weeks will get away from me and uh, nothing will develop. And I just, I've nailed it down to, I need to be a better manager of my time. And that's what I'd like to resolve myself to do. Fair enough. Very cool. So let's get it done, gentlemen. Let's make it happen. Make it happen. Sweet. Make it so. Make it so, number one. All right. <laughs> okay. I, I can agree with what L just said. That's so, called ADHD. Yeah. But he called it creative. Okay. Yeah. When, I, uh, when I'm feeling particularly artistic and uh, and I'm like doing art for like Randy or something, I'll I'll call it, you know, being consumed by my artism. Gotcha. All right. So we, one final note is that we have a tentative date set for Big Geek Con 2024 mm-hmm. for September 20th to through the 22nd. We're going three days this year. Mm-hmm. And it's same t- same bat channel, you know, same place. Yep. Four points Sheridan in Saginaw. Uh, but it's going to cost the same amount, 30 bucks. It's tentative, very tentative. Don't set your schedules yet. Um, I should be talking to the manager this week. I feel like it's probably a guaranteed 80% good. Uh, Joe's got, uh, he's got some stuff already sort of set. We're hoping it'll happen. And I think, um, I think it's going to happen. I think that's going to be the dates. We're going to do some wiggling. We had, I still got a list of all the suggestions from last year. My wife and I will pull those out and I'll bounce them off Joe and, We'll see how, what little changes we might want to make for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday combo. And uh, a full day Saturday, I think, is guaranteed. Whether Friday and Sunday will be full days, we'll see. I think that's where we're at. So those that are thinking about, I need to get time off, it'll be time off in September, I would say 99.5% chance. So, Yes. So uh, the site on uh, tabletop events mm-hmm. is set. But I've got it private until we make sure that of the dates. Once the dates oh. are set in stone, it'll just be the click of a page, a click on a on a web page, and it'll be ready to go. I know Cal says this problem is too far away. I totally understand that, Cal. You are out in California, Stan. So, um, or out west anyway. I don't remember if it's California, Stan or not. But he's out there, and for some people, yeah, it's just a shame. I wish everybody could come. That it, you know. That is on the stream. Yeah, some good people. I'd like to meet Cal in person. Yeah, I'd like to meet all these folks. So it'd be really cool. So I don't know where Nerdy Ogre is. That'd be cool if he can make, oh, 2,400 plus miles. (laughs) Well, that's a long way to walk. If I happen to win, not that I'm much of a lottery player, but if I happen to win the big one, Cal will be coming this year because I will send him and his wife tickets. So anyway. I'll set them up. I'll probably, I'll probably do something special and just offer it to everybody that's on the stream. <laughs> uh, San Antonio for nerdy yoga. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, if I win, what was the, what was the big one this, this past week? It was like seven four hundred and seventy five million. Dude. Even if I get 60% of that, holy, holy crap. If I had like 10% of that, all of my financial woes would be done. Oh, Max! Max offering a little help. Mac Thompson says, 
he will pick him up in North Dakota and drive the rest of the way. What a bargain. Wow. We are in Michigan, for those who don't yeah. know. Oh, else if someone won it. Oh, they won the $810 million. Wow. Even after all the ripoff from the state, ta- all the taxes from the feds, you'd still walk away with what about six hundred of that? Uh, four hundred. It's half. Oh, it's half. So four hundred. It is half. It's horrible. But if I got four hundred million dollars, wow! Uh, I yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain about Christmas that. Christmas break like would here. be extended for Randy. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, dude. Oh, Max coming across the UP. Do it, brother. That's beautiful up there. Oh, wow. That's right. tough. But yeah, so that's the plan. September 2022. That is the plan tentatively. So, oh, 408 million. I'll take it. I'll take that right oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Not going to do the annuity yeah. because uh, you get less and you might, you know, mm-hmm. not make it to the end of the annuity. So, might as well just take the lump. I would take it, do a couple things for my family, but I would absolutely, yeah, Big Geek Con would be a different experience should Randy win that much. Oh, yeah. Should he win something like that? Good Lord. Everything everything would be paid off. I would have no more debts. I would probably invest in some precious metals. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would would, uh, quit my job. Drew, if you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) 400 million would make me walk away from it. Oh, I yeah, there would be no point in working somewhere. I would probably finish this next semester because I wanted to leave my college hanging in between. But it would there would be April. Randy would be like, see you, wouldn't be it, wouldn't be you. Don't ask me to be on committees. I don't really care. Yeah, um, you might want to rethink that a little bit, Randy, mm-hmm. because every after everyone knowing that you are a multimillionaire, mm-hmm. Oh, you, you got all kinds of chances for them to screw you over. Well, I don't think about it much, but I feel like you probably would be smarter if you want it, not to say to anybody. Get it's it all public settled. knowledge. It'll be it's public knowledge. Oh, it will be publicly known because you take a picture. It's all public. It's not. It's like oh, like right now. We know yeah. that someone won it here in Michigan, eight hundred and some odd million dollars. Someone Your name is up there. Yeah. My wife in chat says I definitely wouldn't be working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, you wouldn't. No, no, no. <laughs> All righty, enough fantasy talk. Yeah. Of a non RPG nature. <laughs> um, all right. So, tentative. Hopefully, we'll, we will have. Oh, crap. Bye. Let's get out of here quickly before this idiot. Um, huh? Oh, lawyers have removed it from public? All right. Oh. I, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, okay. So, we've got a, ch- a bot here. All right. Unfortunately, but we're going to get out of here. It's over on Twitch, though. So, oh, who okay. Cares? Um, <laughs> right. So, Big Geek Con, hopefully September 20th through 22nd. Hopefully, it will be solidified by this time next week. Anything else you guys want to add before we get the H out of here? I'm good, dude. Yes, Mac, there's a bot here that this, uh, I don't know if, if you guys saw it. We, we see it. You probably didn't. Um, we see a combination of Twitch and uh, YouTube mm-hmm. comments, and one of the comments over in Twitch was from a bot. So if you, I don't think we have any. Yeah, Joyce is over on Twitch, and uh, is yeah. Joyce sending bots our way? I can't believe Probably. she would do that. She's like that. She's so bot oriented. Joyce, <laughs> stop, stop sending bots. 
yeah so yeah the youtube side won't be able to see it so <laughs> i do want to say happy new year to everybody uh, yes and, uh, we're going to keep plugging away at biggest geekest and hopefully we'll have uh 500 subscribers very soon so that's plan. Yes. got a giveaway plan that hopefully i'll get to give that paranoia box set away yeah all right so if nobody has anything else to add mm -hmm. i will say we will have links in the show notes mm -hmm. uh, where you can find us out there on the the or out there in the internets for either um oh did we oh you did that mm -hmm. for either um the youtube for our online presence or or um podcasting so check us out check out the links for the things you need to know to give us your money or just uh, enjoy our presence in your ear holes <laughs> all right mm. with that this is joe and i'm randy i'm patrick and remember if you can't be big like us then be geese like us <laughs>